Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, you're listening to the Saving You Is Killing Me podcast hosted by me, Andrea Seidel. I'm the author and founder of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. This podcast is for you if you're ready to find a way to struggle well, take back your power, and live life happier while you're navigating loving or losing someone to addiction. I wholeheartedly believe that when you love someone with an addiction, your life gets damaged in some way. Since we can't control someone else's addiction, but we are greatly affected by it, the number one thing you can do is take back your power and focus on you. I believe happiness, joy, and well-being is available to anyone. So the thoughts and perspectives I share here on the show are my own and those of the guests on the show. If you ever hear anything that feels harmful or triggering, I'm pre-apologizing and I'm open to being better and value any feedback and the permission to be human. That said, always take what you love, what feels good and leave the rest The conversations and tools I'll share here will give you everything you need to figure out exactly how to navigate addiction, put yourself first, and how to build resilience for your well-being in a way that feels really, really good. I use these tools to take back the power in my life to build my strength back up and restore peace. And I hope that you can do the same. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I am the founder of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. And I always say, I wish we were meeting under different circumstances. I'm just so glad that we found each other. So this is the hardest thing to navigate. I remember searching for ways that I could not care. Can you believe it? I actually Googled how to not care. And so this episode today is all about reclaiming our life and untethering from uh, someone else's addiction. So untethering. And I got inspired by the book called The Untethered Soul by Michael A. Singer. Such a good book. And I just thought that All his teachings within the book are so great because they really do help us untether or detach from our addicted loved one, which is so freaking hard because we love them so much and we're concerned and addiction is just so complicated. So before I go into the episode, though, I have some super, 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 super exciting news. And that is that the audio version of my book is available. So If you struggle with someone else battling addiction and you feel like you're losing yourself amidst the chaos, if you feel like you're alone on this emotional whirlwind and roller coaster, 
Uh, it is so hard watching someone you love in the clutches of addiction. It is, I always say it's like feeling like you're mourning the loss of someone who's still alive and it's heart-wrenching. It's confusing. It's all-consuming and at no fault to ourselves, right? So if any of this resonates with you, it's time to step out of those shadows. And that's what this whole community is about. It's about finding peace. It's about tapping into your strength. And so I am here for you. I have been through it. I'm a positive psychology practitioner and I've been in your shoes. I know what it's like. And my journey was very, very challenging when I love someone with an addiction. I actually lost someone to addiction. And so it ignited a passion in me to help guide others through uh, the craziness by using my education, the science of resilience and the art of well-being into, I made it into a whole bunch of strategies that can help you reclaim your life, a whole bunch of ways and tools that can help you even admits the craziness and the storm and the dark cloud that addiction brings. And so that's why I created the book. But now I'm so excited because it's been a long time coming. Uh, the audio version of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction is now available at my website. And you can dive into all those amazing insights and real-time resilience skills to help rebuild your strength, prioritize your well-being, and most importantly, safeguard your mental health. So this isn't just a book. It's actually a compass that is help pointing you towards a life that you love and deserve that's full of peace and happiness. And of course, there's ups and downs in life. And let's say, face it, like when you're facing addiction or loving someone with an addiction, there's going to be a lot more ups and downs. So that's why I created this book to really be a compass helping you uh, move in the direction that feels really good for you. So I, and I encourage you to go and pick up your copy and and come to the website and that's where you can pick click on books, click on audiobooks and it's available to you. You can start listening to it while you're walking. You can start listening to it in your car and this will just help you prioritize your well-being and safeguard your mental health. And so I really do encourage you, you know, whether you're exercising or you're, you know, um, just walking or, or sitting down and just enjoying some quiet time or on a break from work, now you can actually listen to the audiobook and really help get you back, right? And I'm there for you. I can be right in your ear. I've got your back and together we can navigate this path and really help you challenge this focus on challenge this challenging situation. I couldn't say that. Say that fast five times. I always say that. So it's going to help you delve into navigating this path. And I have to share, I have this amazing testimonial from Rob Hanley from Recovery Today. And what he said about my book is an astonishing wealth of knowledge on resilience. The reader can better advocate for their needs and reclaim their lives is a holistic and compassionate approach. And thank you so much, Rob Hanley from Recovery Today Magazine. So discover the audiobook and find your way back to you. Go to savingyouiskillingme.com and click on books. And there's an audiobook icon as well. And you can go right in there too and have it today. So thank you so much. And I hope that my book is a big help for you. But let's jump in to our amazing episode today. So today we're gonna talk everything to do with untethering from others addiction. And what does that mean? So what we want to do is find freedom 
amidst our loved one's addiction. It we can get pulled into the muck if you if basically if you are you've experienced emotions around loving someone with an addiction. So for me, I know like I sometimes felt struggle. I felt unable to break free from it. I felt uh, I was focused on their happiness and not my own. And it's as if we're tethered to their struggles or we're unable to break free and focus on our own happiness and growth because we are tethered or like connected or like strapped to and we can't get away it's so hard and this idea of being tethered or stuck to or connected to is is so common right it can be a family member a close friend or a partner or you know uh, their addiction basically casts this huge shadow over our own well-being and it is so common there's no shame there it is just a common reality because we love someone so much, right? So we've all experienced this at some point. If you love someone with an addiction, this overwhelming pull of someone else's addiction, our concern, right, goes there. So if there was a way, though, to untether ourselves from the chaos and the pain of their addiction, wouldn't you want to do it? I swear, that's why I was Googling, like, how not to care and like, how do I detach, you know, from this? It's so, because it pulls you into the muck. So if there is a way, right? And and the thing is that if we could regain control of our own lives and find peace amidst the turmoil of their struggles, oh my gosh, it's so powerful. So this is why the book by Michael Singer, The Untethered Soul, I felt like there's so much overlap and I just wanted to pull out his beautiful, actionable nuggets um, from his book. I don't know if you know, I'm an avid reader. I usually read three to five books a week. I They call me the book doula. I help people write and publish and read books. And that's my whole other life. <laughs> and so this is one of the books that I just, I, I wanted to share with you because it can help us in so many ways. And it literally is like my Google question, how not to care. It's like, how can we untether our soul from the other person, right? So it's a journey beyond ourselves. So a journey of stepping away from what is going on in our life. And so he does offer us so much guidance and resilience to do just that, to find peace amidst the turmoil, to untether from their lives so we can control and focus on our lives. And this is huge, right? So this book isn't about addiction, right? In a traditional sense at all. Um, But this book was so good because it's about learning to free ourselves from the emotional and psychological chains that come when we love someone who is battling addiction. We have, we have psychological changes. Like we're connected. It's like, I don't know about you, but when I, I remember when I was in the muck, it was so hard for me to focus on work because I was, I had this dark cloud of distraction in the back of my mind. And so this book is so great because it does help us. And this is what it's about. It's about freeing ourselves from the emotional and psychological chains that come from loving someone who's battling addiction. And now singers insight are so powerful And it helps us to navigate the challenging journey with compassion for ourselves. And as you know, I'm all about focusing on you and not your addicted loved one, right? But although there's a lot of concepts that could also empower us and help us with being compassionate with the loved ones in our lives too, but let's focus on you. So we're going to talk about this 
path that we can go on and uh, to untether ourselves, right? So we're going to explore that what is going on around us. And one of the main lessons in his book is this idea of that we are not our thoughts. We are not our emotions. So what's going on? It's like, it's like taking a new perspective. It's like zooming out the lens and kind of looking like, so he teaches us to gently look at things from a place of self-discovery and look at things from a place of compassion and so that we can reclaim our the distance and our own well-being. So this concept of untethering from others' addiction is a really great way to um, give yourself some space and love in the fact that you are not their addiction. You are not you know, the thoughts and the emotions that come up around everything that comes up when you love someone with an addiction, right? So when we love so deeply, we are interwoven with them. So what we want to do is recognize that the, the truth is that we are separate from them. So this is a sense of self. So we recognize that their addiction is their addiction and it's their battle. And we are separate from that, right? And so what we want to do is offer ourselves love and compassion and and disentangle ourselves or detach from what's going on in their world, even though we can watch it as a spectator. So one of the lessons is to untether is to zoom out the lens, gain a different perspective, just see yourself as a compassionate witness that you're like watching it all unfold and happen. And um, if we can imagine ourselves as this compassionate witness of our loved one's struggle with addiction, then what that does is it allows us to create that distance, right? We can support and care for them without becoming entangled in their turmoil. And this inner observer or kind of like looking at yourself also with spectators, like, hmm, it's like, I, I remember what I would do is I would like, I'm super angry and I would become anger. And it's like, this concept is, is like spectating your anger. Like you are not that anger. So distance yourself. It's like, okay, the, what thoughts, what are my thoughts around this? What is, what's the emotion? It's almost like zooming out the lens and looking. You are not your thoughts and your emotions. You are a spectator of your thoughts and emotions. I know that sounds deep, but when you do that, it's pretty cool because you're kind of like, oh, and you're able to gain this perspective of how fascinating or more self-observed, like you're observing without judgment. And this is one of his teachings, right? Like letting go is so important uh, and detaching, right? It's the key to finding peace amidst the storm of addiction. So the first thing is imagine yourself as a compassionate witness. That is the number one first step. And then he talks about this idea of being able to let go. And this is one of his fundamental principles in his teachings. And it's about releasing the weight of responsibility for your loved one's addiction. It's like you are not responsible for their choices. You are not responsible for their struggles. You are not responsible, right? But you can choose to just let go of any of the guilt that goes around it, the anxiety, the frustration that often accompanied this when we love someone with an addiction. So this idea and this art of letting go of responsibility, take that burden off your shoulders. And, and this idea is, it's a fundamental aspect of untethering our soul, untethering us from their addiction is by letting go, releasing the weight of responsibility. We are not responsible for their choices. We are not 
at fault. We are not the reason there's, you know, we didn't cause it. We can't cure it. We can't control it. And so I love this concept. So you can see how his concepts overlap really nicely with, um, for those of us who are dealing with loving someone or losing someone to addiction. And so imagine yourself witness things, be a spectator as a witness from a place of non-judgment and compassion and, and huh, like it, see it more as from a curious um, perspective, as opposed to being in it and recognize that we are an observer of our thought. We are not actually our thoughts and emotions. It's like, I'm having that emotion and it makes sense because of what's going on around me. Like it, you know, and so then we can offer more compassion when we're more of a witness, a witness of our loved ones. Um, and then the art of letting go. He also talks about this idea of surrender, surrendering to the flow of life. And so he teaches us that this is a wisdom of the universe by trusting that things will unfold as they supposed to, or trusting that however things are going to pan out, that's how things are going to pan out. We don't have control over it. So we might as well go with the flow. And so he's encouraging us to surrender and let things unfold as they will. And this is so hard, especially because we're trying to save, fix, rescue, and all those things I know I was. And so this idea is to this trust can be our lifeline, especially when we feel powerless in the face of our loved one's addiction. This trust is like trusting that things are going to unfold. They may not unfold the way we want them to, but then in the later, we might look back and say, okay, that makes sense. And I remember thinking like, I had to, like, I had to trust that I actually said, I need evidence of what's going on here. Like, please bring to light what is going on here. And as soon as I said that, because I knew I was dealing with something, I didn't know it was addiction. Um, and then suddenly it all revealed itself. It's like, thank you, universe. Like, thank you. Like, so trust that things will unfold, that you will be supportive, that things will reveal themselves. I even just had to ask. I, I just like, I was praying and asking for like, give me a sign. And it was crazy because I kept pulling my angel oracle cards and I pulled, I'm, I'm, I'm not religious, but I'm very spiritual. And I pulled an angel card. I kept pulling it forever. And the card that I pulled was the deceit card. And it meant that everything is not as it seems. I remember thinking, what is it? Like, what is it? And I kept like, I didn't know what it meant. But in hindsight, I was like, holy smokes. Like, now I know like why I kept getting the deceit card because I was being deceived. I was being lied to. I was being manipulated. I was, you know, so everything wasn't as it seemed. And so this idea is having a trust in the unfolding and the flow of life and just trusting in the wisdom of the universe of you're going to be protected. I remember like him leaving felt like the worst thing in the world. I was so sad and devastated. Didn't understand. I was why, like, why is this going on? And I have to say him leaving was one of the best things that ever happened to me because I didn't, I wasn't at the point where I could leave. And so he, I feel like he was plucked out of my life so I would be protected. And so it's amazing how if we can just trust 
uh, that things will work out, surrender to it and just trust in the wisdom of what's going on. And this trust can be your lifeline when you feel powerless in the face of this, right? It's going to remind you that you can't control their journey, right? But we can control our own. We can control how we respond. We can uh, we can nurture our own well-being. We can step up in our own lives. Like, so that's really the key is to like surrender um, to the flow of life, but also that'll help empower you, right? And so, yeah, so another concept in his book that he talks about a lot is this concept of mindfulness. And you can see, you got, you definitely know I love positive psychology. That's my postgraduate training. And so you can see that this book has so many interweaving concepts too that are all about the science of human flourishing. And the next one here is mindfulness. And this is key. Now, mindfulness isn't sitting there in a meditative stance and oming and like, you know, it's not what, mindfulness is just, being present in the moment by practicing mindfulness is really a vital tool that can help you. It can help you untether your soul. It brings you into the present moment. So you're not thinking and obsessing and ruminating and worrying about our addicted loved ones. You're able to create that space in the moment where, by the way, there is so much peace available to you there, right? So by practicing mindfulness, we can learn to be fully present in each moment. And that'll help us, you know, to, to be able to observe our thoughts, to observe our emotions without any judgment. It's just like, you're there, you're a spectator of your thoughts and emotions. And this practice is so key and it can help us in so many ways, maintain our mental and emotional clarity. It can help us amidst the chaos of addiction. So this mindfulness, I know for me, it was like, I had to go out for walks. I had to get into the forest and, you know, you know, I would just have to connect to all my senses and it just helped me in the moment. And so mindfulness is so key, can help us untether from the chains of their addiction and what pulls us into their chaos. So Another concept that was sort of overlapping that would help us a lot is facing fear. This is so crucial. I, especially when we love someone with an addiction, because addiction often brings so much fear, so much uncertainty into our lives. Like we have, I like, I was like, am I going to like stay in this relationship and I'm going to have another failed divorce? Like, you know, am I a failure? This and that I'm scared of being alone. What's the dating world look like? Um, you know, is he going to die if I leave? Or, you know, I remember one time he had such a bad headache when he was out coming down after being on a binge all night. And he was like basically threatening to go to the garage and say, don't come in the garage, call an ambulance. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, so I was so scared and fearful that if I left to get him because he had already eaten all our extra strength Advil liquid gel, powerful Advils, and I was going to get him Advil and at like, I think it was five in the morning. And I was so scared for what I was going to come back to. And I was so scared that uh, I had so much fear, fear leaving, fear if I'm doing the right thing, fear if he's going to take his life, fear, blah, 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 blah. Like it just so much fear. It's so facing fear. Now that is like fear keeping us safe, but I needed to untether my soul from that fear and move into a place of trust and move into a place of just being in the present moment, practicing my real-time resilience, down-regulating my nervous system. 
But the message in his book really is about this idea of facing fears in terms of, I was scared to be alone. I was scared to, you know, turning fear back onto me. I was like, oh my gosh, I was scared to leave because I thought maybe it would make him become more addicted and, and go down a deeper, dark path. So I stayed in the relationship probably longer than I should have. And so this idea is, is that addiction does bring with it so much fear and so much uncertainty into our lives. I didn't know what my life was going to hold, but just acknowledging and addressing these fears, it can help us regain this sense of control. So it's not pretending fear doesn't exist. It is seeing fear, addressing them, acknowledging fears. And that'll help us regain a sense of control. It'll help us regain inner peace. Like I remember started journaling out, you know, I would say I'm not, maybe I'm not fun. Maybe I'm not lovable. And then I took my thinking to court. I'm like, that's not true because I am fun. And, uh, you know, and then I, some narratives that I had was, and some fears that, you know, nobody would want to date me or dating is like terrible. And I had all these things. And so by facing your fears, first of all, acknowledging them and then addressing the fears. It's like, Andrea, no, like you're beautiful and you're a good person. And you're, you know, talking back to those fears and, and then, but also understanding your fears. Like it makes sense that you're scared to go back in the dating world because it wasn't fun before. And, um, you know, is there a way to make it fun and this and that, and, you know, so I'm just going down this rabbit hole of working with them, working with your fears, acknowledging your fears, addressing them so that you can regain autonomy, feeling like you've got some control in your life. And, and also that brings you peace. It helps you to untether, right? So untether from those fears. What are you afraid of? What are you worried about? Right. And then how do you, how just acknowledging it, sitting with it for a while and then addressing those fears. It's like, you know what? It's out of my control anyway. If, if they're going to go out and binge, there's nothing I can do to prevent that, to stop that, to save, fix, blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, so it's just acknowledging it. Sometimes it's just as simple as acknowledging your fear. So this book also talks about unconditional happiness. And I know in positive psychology, sometimes it's criticized because it's like, oh, you're just pretending you're happy all the time. And it's not a happyology positive psychology is actually the science of human flourishing. It's the study of what makes life good and, and, and then how to exemplify and really enhance positive emotions, but not at the void of having negative or they're not even negative and positive. All emotions are effective and they're tools and they're there for us. So this idea of Singer's message is it reminds us that our own happiness is not contingent on anyone else. Our own happiness is not contingent on what we have, what career we have. I'll be happy when, you know, I have my degree or I'll be happy when I have the perfect husband or, you know, so his message is, is that happiness is not contingent upon 
the choices or the progress of our loved one in addiction. It is not contingent on what's going on for there. Our happiness is our own journey. And we have the power to cultivate our own joy independently. We have the power to cultivate our own happiness. It's not contingent on anyone else around us. It's up to us to navigate, obviously, like even while we're navigating the challenging situation of loving someone with their addiction, our happiness is also important. And it's all about prioritizing your well-being, prioritizing your joy and your happiness. And you have control over that, right? So you can step away untether from addiction. And remember, what is it that you love to do? You know, what hobbies do you enjoy? What brings you joy? Um, what brings you, even if they're micro moments of joy and happiness. If you have fun, like looking for a new recipe and making a new meal, then, oh my gosh, tap into that joy. If you love listening to inspiring podcasts and it brings you joy, do it. If you, you know, like all those things, remembering those things that bring you joy and, or that have brought you joy in the past or that you'd love to do. And I always do, I go, I say, go on an inspiration journey. If you ever feel envious or you feel like, Ooh, that's awesome. Or you feel a little bit of like, I wish I had that. That's clues. Those are clues into what you want. That's clues into more of that for me, please. Um, I, I know I saw my friend Louisa Jewell. She's amazing. She is the founder of Canadian Positive Psychology Association. And she just picks up and leaves and travels for like all over. And obviously financially, you know, we can't all do that, but I was like, Ooh, more of that for me, please. I would love to get out and just investigate the world and travel and, um, maybe have a last minute trip might be fun. And, and that's why I actually created more information coming. I created the me treat, which is like, uh, just a getaway for us, which is all about us individual. And I would love to have you. I'm going to go, whether there's anyone coming with me or not, <laughs> And I'm calling it the me treat. It's all about focusing on you and just going away. And I would love to go away with in community with us here in the Saving You is Killing Me community. So if you're interested, it's on the website. Just click on me treat, um, retreat, me treat. And, um, and we're just getting started planning. It's going to be the first one ever. And I want to go away in February. And if you want to come with me, be part of the planning, we're going to have so much fun and in community. So um, I don't know what that looks like yet, but we're going to figure it out. And I would love to have you help us figure it out. And just so we can all go away together and focus on us and have fun and do some yoga and eat healthy, yummy food, but also have some happy hour and dancing. Anyway, so that that is so powerful and it's focusing on you and your happiness and spiral upward emotions. And we're not pretending that the addiction isn't going on. We're not pretending that our fears aren't there. It's also, you know, managing our happiness and our well-being and cultivating more, more moments of joy and play and fun in our life. No matter what, whatever the addicted loved one's doing in their in their life, and so it's untethering our soul, and so that is the concept in his book that our this he introduces this concept of happiness can be unconditional. Like oh, like you know, if they're in recovery and they're doing well and they're you know, then I'm happy. It's like then as soon as they go down that downward spiral, or maybe they you know 
they fall back and, and, or, um, digress and things like that. And then based our happiness, of course, we're going to be affected by it. I'm not saying that we're not affected by it, but the concept in this book and this concept of unconditional happiness is recognizing that we are separate from other people's choices. We are separate from you know, so just make your happiness not contingent on what you have, not contingent on what other people are doing, not contingent on other people's behavior, but really focusing inward on you. You have the power to cultivate your own joy independently. I love that message in this book. And that is what positive psychology is all about, taking that ownership, being proactive, advocating for yourself. So the practice of opening our hearts to love opening our hearts to compassion, opening ourselves up to being aware of our emotions, being aware of what's going on, detaching. We are not our thoughts. We are not our emotions. We're the spectator of them. It's so empowering, right? And so Singer does emphasize this idea that love is so powerful, compassion, being kind to yourself, being loving to yourself, understanding has such a healing force. It's almost like feeding yourself, filling yourself up. And isn't it incredible? This whole book has such an overlap with the SYKM community, which is those four C's. And one of the C's is self-compassion, self-care, courage, community. And so this idea is, is like we're filling ourselves up. We're building ourselves up with love and really emphasizing this healing force of we are worthy of care, attention, happiness, joy in our life, being mindful in the moment and having moments of peace and joy. And so this concept is, is that choosing love for ourselves, choosing to offer compassion and care, kind regard to ourselves is such a healing force. And that's going to help us even amidst the challenges of when we love someone with an addiction, we can support ourselves. We can take good care of our own well-being. So it's detaching ourselves from that and taking the care onto ourselves, and so, so powerful. Care and compassion and love onto ourselves, right? So this is incredible. This book really overlaps with the amazing theme, even in the SYKM community. And um, it, it connects us to this idea of really taking good care of for ourselves. So you know me, I'm obsessed with actionable nuggets. So how do we take this learning and put it into our life so that we can make, you know, good positive change and just help our own resilience and our own happiness. And so some of the actionable nuggets to un and the profound teaching from this untethered soul book is that he does teach us that we need to practice self-compassion. And so by begin offering yourself compassion and understanding is one of the actionable nuggets, right? Loving someone with an addiction can be emotionally challenging to say the least. So acknowledge your own feelings, acknowledge your reactions, acknowledge what is going on without any judgment. Just go there from a place of spectating and being curious and loving towards yourself. That is a beautiful, actionable nugget. 
Um, and then he does talk about ideas of seeking support, releasing guilt, releasing shame, uh, maintaining self-care. And that's the that's the advocate what we advocate as well, caring for yourself, prioritizing your self-care practices, um, meditating, being in the present moment, things like that, staying mindful, embracing mindfulness as a daily practice can really help untether our souls and move us away. Here's one of my favorite actionable nuggets from his book. So he talks about these thought balloons and this helps me so much. And so, and I actually put it in my yoga class this week as well. So when your thoughts are busy, in order to kind of detach ourselves from our thoughts and our emotions, what we can do is think of putting your thoughts into a balloon. And then what in what you do is you just let that balloon go. So without feeling like you need to navigate those emotions without thinking you got to analyze them or any of those thoughts. It's like, put them into a bubble and then just let them float away. And it's amazing how that exercise can bring so much peace amongst the chaos. It's like, oh, it's a thought. Oh, it's an emotion. Like, you know, we're spectating it and then just let it go. So one exercise I've done is actually take a piece of paper out and draw a whole bunch of balloons and then put some thoughts that come up as you're there or emotions that are coming up. And then just imagine those balloons floating away. So fun. Such a good thought balloon exercise. It's like, okay, there's that thought again. Let me let it float away. And, and that really can offer you some instant, that's real-time resilience, right? So what we want to do, this book is so powerful on so many levels and it overlaps with the concepts that we talk about all the time here at the SYCAM community and in my book and everything. So that's why I just thought this is a good one I wanted to share, how we can untether or detach from someone else's addiction. And so he does teach us this transformative approach of untethering or detaching or letting go or taking, separating ourselves from the addicted addiction of loved ones, sorry, from the loved one's addiction and allowing us to recognize our true self. So it's great for inner discovery. It's great for compassion, self-compassion, finding the courage just to focus on you and so that you can put your life back together. So you can focus on your upward spiral of beautiful emotions and have more joy, more happiness. And amongst, even though there's that going on, a dark cloud is detaching from it. Uh, trusting, going with the flow, practicing mindfulness, right? And nurturing this concept of our own inner light, right? And this can be such a freedom. It can help us in so many ways reclaim our life. And so, and also facing those fears, um, being mindful, all those things he talked about, so powerful, surrendering to the flow of life and letting go, um, and releasing the weight of their responsibility, recognizing, detaching from that. So I hope this was so helpful. I loved his book and I thought it would be a nice share today. Um, it kind of overlaps with uh, that concept of like me Googling, isn't that funny? Me Googling how not to care. <laughs> I think that's so bizarre. It's so bizarre, but it's so common. It's like, I could, because I was so obsessed, like I was so trapped in the chains of, his addiction. So by untethering or me Googling how not to care so I could untether from others addiction, from his addiction and so powerful, so powerful and reclaim my life, reclaim my, my well-being, reclaim my own, you know, light because it was getting dimmed. 
So that's it, my friends. I hope you got a lot of today's episodes. Go grab the digital, sorry, the audio version of the book. Obviously, if you want the digital or the paperback, it's available on Amazon as well. However, the audio version of the book is also available at the website. And so that's at savingyouiskillingme.com. So I'd love for you to grab that and just start listening. And I have a secret. And also the Saving Me book, One Day at a Time, um, Finding Light Amidst the Shadow of Addiction. My other book that just came out, which is a daily reader, a daily dose of support. So I took like nugget sizes of everything that's kind of in my main book and I put it into daily support. And that book is a great, it's a mini pocketbook. It's so cute. I'm absolutely in love with it. And I love how you can put it in your purse and carry it anywhere. It's just like bringing me along so you don't feel alone through this journey. I'm there with you. And um, so this book is also going to be available on Audible, but it's coming. This one's taking a little longer to produce. So um, yeah, so that one's coming in Audible too. So I, I am going to grandfather. So if you purchase the audio version of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction, you're also going to get saving me one day at a time audio. So I'm going to be putting them into the same files. So great news there. And just for a little bit of time. So hopefully you grab your audio version and download it. And it's actually in the app too. So if you go to the website, you purchase it, you're going to have it right in your phone and you can listen there too. So that's it, my friends, sending you huge hugs and love. And I hope that you are doing as good as possible. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.